This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. We've been in a series called God with us, and today we conclude that series with part four. We've been going through the descriptive names of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and we're going to continue today and finish today with those seeking peace. Good news for those seeking peace as we look at the Prince of Peace. And uh, we got to do some follow-up from last week. If you weren't here, let me just catch you up real quick. Uh, We were challenged by one of our teaching team members, Scott McElvain, to not let the extraordinary become ordinary a couple weeks ago. And I took that to heart, and it was a sacred echo for me. And I showed last week a picture of an eagle that I stopped at the landing to take a picture of as it was circling. And I watched this eagle grab a trout and uh, take off. I took a picture of it, and I said this fish was anywhere 16, 17, 18 inches. And uh, the 10 a.m. gathering uh, questioned my integrity. Let's just be real honest about it. Uh, and so I challenged. I said, anybody with, uh, you know, geometry skills, math skills, uh, send me a scale of this. So Seth Murphy from our church uh, sent me this picture. Uh, he did the work, and he's estimating it between 12 and 14 inches. And uh, I still go with 16, 17. Who believes me that it was 16? Okay, thank you very much. But what was fun last week, and several people today so far said, I didn't know this was a competition. I mean, so many people catch eagles uh, getting their prey, and so you started sending me pictures. This one was taken just a couple of days ago by Tammy Chase. She caught an eagle eating an armadillo. Now, I hate to say it, but if you took a picture... Of an eagle eating an armadillo, you might be a redneck, all right? Uh, (laughs) Nothing screams our nation's bird like an eagle eating an armadillo. So uh, anyway, people have been sending me pictures all morning, and let's see how creative you can get. I don't think you're going to beat an eagle with an armadillo. Doesn't that sound like a lot of work for the eagle? It sounds like a lot of work for the eagle. So uh, anyway, you're like, well, this is off to a great start with the Christmas message, Ted. Let's continue... (laughs) Jumping into Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that we've been looking at the last few weeks as a church. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Remember what we said, think about those hearing it in this day who were dealing with incompetent leaders in government and what they must have heard. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. We want to be led by those with wisdom, Mighty God, Strength, think strength, Everlasting Father, ruling as a fatherly ruler. And today we'll look at Prince of Peace as we've been worshiping today with that as well. And here's where we're going to go for just a few moments today in this special gathering for families. Jesus, our Prince of Peace, brings peace on earth, peace with God, peace with others, and peace of mind. And as we look at that, I've been watching the news like you've been watching the news the last few months. And Question may have popped into your mind, will there ever be peace in the Middle East? And the answer is yes. Yes, there will be. When you get to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, go down one more verse, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it. This is speaking now of Jesus. With justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And here's the first thing we want to look at today. Jesus will bring peace to earth when he returns. 
literally to reign in Jerusalem for 1,000 years. Let's add some truth to that. Believers will rule with him and there will be no war. Now, I put this in a chart and this is going to exhaust some eschatological students because it's not an exhaustive chart. And, and so here's what Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, if you were to put those two verses on a chart, it would look like this right here. And there are students of eschatology going, this is not enough information. We're missing the rapture. We're miss- missing the tribulation. Where are the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls? And some of you, brand new to church, is like, what's going on? Okay, hang with me for just a second. What we're reading today, okay, we believe around 735 B.C. is when Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 was prophesied of the coming Messiah, Jesus. Today, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Christ is born. He came to die for you and for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And now we live in what is called the church age. 2,000 years is not exhaustive. I'm not putting a number on it. This is how far we've been into the church age. We don't know when Jesus is going to return. I heard a An online preacher this week say, Jesus has not returned yet because you haven't given enough money. (laughs) That's called heresy. We believe Jesus is returning. We don't know when. We don't put a date on it. But we are going to, there is a day coming where we will be raptured out as the church. And we will return with Christ. This is so important for us to understand. In that thousand years, the millennial kingdom, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Uh, we were, the teaching team went golfing earlier this month, and, and uh, I think it was Adam Donier that said, hey, are you doing anything to prepare our church for the 2024 presidential election? I said, we're thinking about a series in Revelation. <laughs> and... Uh, You think I'm joking? (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) We're doing an eight-week series starting in August and September to prepare our hearts. And so far, this may change. It's only December, but I'm calling the series The End. Uh, (laughs) But why is that so important to study Revelation and to study? Some of you live with fear for the future. And believers in Christ Jesus, we should not fear the future. We know how the story ends. We, we know the ending. I am I, not, so you understand, we're what we call in-between Christians, in-between believers, because we live between the first coming and the second coming. So today we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but we are longing for the return of Christ. Everything at that point will make complete and total sense. So let's get that outline off the, there, because some of you are like, if I don't get enough information, okay, come back in August, okay, for our election series out of Revelation. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 4 speaks of this peace in the millennial kingdom. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares, weapons of war, and they've changed over the years obviously, but now it's going to become a tool for, for growth. And their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. So yes, Jesus brings peace on earth. But here's very important, because some of you right now are wrestling. You don't have peace. Like everywhere you go is turmoil and chaos. You don't have peace within. You don't have the peace of God. And to have the peace of God, you have to have peace with God. 
Scripture is very clear. Jesus brings peace with God. We read all throughout Scripture the estimate of the lost, those who have not placed faith in Jesus. And here's just a few ways the Scripture describes each and every one of us before Christ. You belong to your father, the devil. We were God's enemies. We were children of wrath, but praise be to God, Jesus saved us. For those who have repented of their sins and have placed faith in Jesus, I'm no longer a child of it. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? I am at peace with God. You'll never experience the peace of God apart from peace with God. It starts there. In Romans 5, verse 1, we read, Therefore, since we have been justified, declared righteous. Now, this is the estimate of the saved. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where it's going to start for many today. As you look back over 2023, you look behind and you see what we would just call a pile of bodies. Relationships and jobs and family, friends, and just just chaos behind you everywhere you go. And you can't seem to find peace because you have not yet settled the issue of your salvation and having peace with God. We need the peace of God to pursue peace with others. In this season, uh, the peace that we have with others, and so, too many of us try to establish peace with others when we're still unsettled with our Heavenly Father, when we've not made things right with our Heavenly Father. And we say we have joy, but it comes across like this Christmas card right here. <laughs> the joy that does not <laughs> last. I wanted to do the whole message today, but felt like it needed to be more comprehensive for for family, friends, and for guests of our church. But I wanted, the the message titled like months ago was simply this, how not to let one family member ruin your Christmas. (laughs) And we were going to start with you. Don't you be that family member. Don't you be the one that walks in the room and chaos erupts. Don't be this guy right here and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Remember when Clark asked, can I refill your eggnog, get you something to eat, drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead? (laughs) Cousin Eddie said what? Nah, I'm doing just fine, Clark. That's Matt Gum, your comedian worship pastor laughing over there. Listen, if you want peace in your relationships, it starts with personal responsibility. And that's why we sing this time of year, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Stop blaming that family member. Stop looking to other people to change around you and settle the issue today. Do you have peace with God? Because if you have peace with God, it'll bring the peace of God. And then from there, you can take that peace and go into relationships and realize, oh, to have a great relationship with somebody, I don't need to control them. I don't need to be in charge of them. Romans 12, 18 puts it this way. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, guess what? It's not always possible. But that shouldn't threaten your peace. That shouldn't threaten my peace. There are toxic people in our lives. There are toxic people all around us. The goal is that you don't become a toxic person. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Amy and I, every night before we go to sleep, I pray over Amy and I and over our family. And always in our prayer, without miss, is... I pray for peace of heart and mind. We live in a day with social media and the attacks and the news and all of that that I just, I want us to sleep and I want us to rest 
Because I'm like you. I wake up at times and my mind is racing. How am I going to fix that? How am I going to fix that? How am I going to fix that person? So peace of heart and mind. Amy and I pray for that for us. We pray for that for our children. We pray for that for our son-in-law. As we think about the stories in our church, people who've been diagnosed recently, people who are going through treatment, people who are going through a divorce, or they're trying to figure out custody issues, we're, we're asking for peace of heart and mind. So today, for the mind that is racing, I hope you know this, Jesus offers peace. Not later, now. God with us, he is with us now and forever. John Piper says this, anxiety, turmoil, racing thoughts, Panic attacks, confusion, indecision, frustration, feelings of guilt, shame, regret. The heart can be like a restless sea of inner conflict. Even if everything is peaceful on the outside, because there's something else that's wrong. My mind and my heart is in conflict with itself, not because you don't like me, or somebody wants to kill me, or a snake is about to bite me. Interesting that he chose those three uh, illustrations. But it's about me. Let there be peace and let it begin with me. Something is wrong with me. When you lay your head on the pillow at night, you know that. You know, something needs to change. This sin, this addiction, this blame, this regret, whatever it is, it's like if I don't find a way to settle that, I'm never going to have great relationships. Or if I do, it's going to be fake for a while, but it won't be long-lasting. Settle the issue today of peace with God. Duke University did a study on peace of mind. What gives people peace of mind? They came up with eight factors that contribute greatly to anxiety and a lack of emotional wellness. So as we go through this, just ask this season, what are, what are you allowing to steal your peace? What's taking your peace right now? Number one, how about suspicion and resentment? You have unresolved anger. You know that family member's always been out to get you, and every, you can't even greet them with, what, what are they going to do to me next? Some of you live in the past. And we say at this church all the time, we don't, we don't feed our regrets. We ask Jesus to redeem our remaining days. Some of you have, have walked and carried for years and years, bad decision after bad decision, and you're like, it's too, it's too far gone. I'm too far gone. There's nothing I can do about it. Yes, you can have full and complete peace today in the person of Jesus. You can. Number three, wasting time and energy fighting conditions you cannot change. You can't change Eddie. You're not going to be able to. And he will be there. Can I just encourage every follower of Jesus in our church and across the campus when you enter into a gathering this week, be the ambassador for the gospel. Like, be the peacemaker. We all know plenty of people when they show up, it's like chaos, turmoil, stress. Be the one when you walk in, there's just a, a sigh of relief. Here comes a voice of reason. Here comes someone who, no matter what's happening, they're always honoring people and complimenting people. Let us be those type of peacemakers. Number four, checking out from the living world. Some of you have found yourself doing that in, in seasons of stress and turmoil. You isolate from others. Can I just encourage you, make a decision moving into the, the new year. Make a decision to plug into biblical community. I honestly don't know where I'd be without the church and the believers that surround me in this place. You know, I, I know you know this, but if you're new to our church, at the end of every 815 service, uh, gathering at our church, we go to the back and a group of about 10 people gather around to critique the morning and to critique my sermon. 
And you're like, are you guys taking applications for that? I like to be, I've got some things I'd like to say. You're at 11.45, it's way too late. 8.15, but I, it's, and it's all, and here's what I love about that. I know I'm the mouthpiece right now with this, but other people are speaking into it because you know what, from up here, I want to speak truth. I want to make sure enough, and there are plenty of times, we edited, edited, edited after 8.15 today. You're like, well, can we hear 8.15? It's already been deleted. <laughs> it's too late. It's way too late. We had political jokes in the first gathering, and they'd like, you know what, it's Christmas. Let's lay off of politics. So you want to hear them? <laughs> nah. You're like, Ted, we sacrificed and came to the last gathering. Anyway. We got four more. Indulging in self-pity. Except the fact that nobody gets through life without some sorrow and difficulties. Stop playing the victim and always pitting yourself. Number six, no capacity for love, humor, compassion, and loyalty. This isn't something that you've cultivated over the last year. It's not something you've been intentional with. Number seven, you expect too much of yourself. I know, I'd look around the room seeing some people. You, you set the standard so high, you never hit it, and you just beat yourself up all the time. And number eight, and I love, remember, this is Duke University, this study. You're the center of your world. You know what they discovered? Self-centered, egotistical people score lowest in any test for measuring happiness. Romans 8, 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. And the turmoil that you've been living with, the stress that you've been living with, it, it, it leads to destruction and death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift that our Prince of Peace, Jesus, offers is eternal life. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So if I can just, as you think about going out of here as a peacemaker, as an ambassador for the gospel the next couple of days, let me just give you this one encouragement if this will help you have peace with others. You'll never have peace of mind if you are constantly giving others a piece of your mind. <laughs> and I, wanna sh- I, I always share this at marriage conferences and date nights, and you can see this light bulb go on, and it's like, this isn't that difficult, but I, I wrestle with it. I, when I remind husbands, listen, here's the thing. You don't have to say out loud every thought that pops into your head. And you see husbands going, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, you don't. You're going to have a lot of opinions and you're like, well, we really like it. No, you you can have more peace if you go into the season with stop trying to change people. And by the way, one more thing on peace. Peace is not the absence of troubles and conflict. Guess what? Those are coming for you in 2024. You'll experience many trials, many troubles. There'll be conflict. That's not what peace is, getting rid of all that. Peace is the comfort in knowing Jesus is always with you. Now and not until the end, now and forever. And he offers peace. You know, uh, if you're part of our church family, I love country music. I'm passionate about it. I'm always thinking about what I'm going to do in retirement. And one of the thoughts I've had about retirement is to be a part of a Southern Gospel group. What do you think? Yeah, let's give it a yeah. You'll see me out at Silver Dollar City doing what I don't even know. I don't even know what part I am, but I do love Southern gospel music. I probably should figure that out before I go auditioning. And one of my favorite Southern gospel songs of all time is Gaither Vocal Band, It Is Finished. And you know what I love about Southern gospel? It's like our worship too. Like you're building up to something, you're building up to something, and then this crescendo happens, and they're like, yeah, here it is. It's a big moment. I love this. 
let me read the word. I'm not going to sing it. I, try, I was going to in the last couple gatherings, but I want to send you out of here at peace. <laughs> Yet in my heart, the battle was raging. Not all prisoners of war have come home. These were battlefields of my own making. I didn't know that the war had been won. Then I heard that the king of the ages had fought all my battles for me. And victory, victory was mine for the claiming. And now, praise his name, I am free. It is finished. The battle is over. It is finished. There'll be no more war. It is finished. The end of the conflict. It is finished. And Jesus is Lord. And all God's people said. Would you pray with me? Father, for the mind that is racing right now going into this season, that they would have the peace of Jesus that passes all of our understanding. It, it just, we sit back and we're like, I don't even, this doesn't make any sense. We want that peace, the peace resting on us. And some don't have it because they've not experienced peace with you. And that today would be the day they repent of their sins, take themselves off the throne of their life. They confess right now as we pray and do pray this right now in your own words. Just say, I am not God. My way is not the right way. I confess every sin, and I confess the way of living that I've just tried to shake my fist at you and make it all about me. I'm removing myself as the center of my life, and I want Jesus. So I declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that he's been raised from the dead. The Bible says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We're praying across this campus for many, many, many today to experience peace with God. Father, I think of all the gatherings that are going to take place this week. I just pray that the thousands of people that were on this campus today will leave here as ambassadors and peacemakers and walking into a room and, and, it, and it's felt this, this desire to represent Christ well. We don't want anyone to ruin our Christmas, but more importantly, I don't want to be one who ruins a Christmas. Make me a peacemaker. Thank you for giving me peace with God, the peace of God. And as we celebrate today the birth of Jesus, we long for the return of Christ. We long for it. I, I'd go today. Let's go. We pray that, Father. And we pray this in this season, in the name of Jesus, and everyone agreed and said, Amen.